generation, opportunity creation is the hill that we die on over and over and over again. The only hurdle between them having a great agent is me making that phone call and I owe it to them to make that phone call. Hi, real estate professionals. My name is Reed Moore and I'm the host of RMG Agent Podcast and I'm excited that you came to uh, spend some time with us again today. As always, you can go to our website, rmgagentpodcast.com to read our blog, to uh, communicate with us directly as well as to see all of our other episodes. This episode I'm really excited about because we're going to do it in two parts. It's a very, very important and foundational episode for your real estate career. And I think Jake and I will have a different spin on it this time around. So we're going to be talking about leads, listings, and leverage. And this is going to be this week's episode as well as next week. So stay tuned. It's going to be good. All right. I'm going to introduce my partner in crime. Jake Barlett. Hey guys, super excited. Leads, listings, leverage. It's a big one. It's kind of the growth plan for for any aspect of real estate. So it's going to be in two parts because we want to really be able to do it justice and cover it really well. So Reed, why is leads, listings, leverage the growth plan for any real estate business? Yeah, so leads, listings, and leverage, or the three L's, uh, was popularized by Gary Keller when he wrote the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. And one of the things that we talk about with our organization is leaders think in models. And part of that is, is you know, sometimes business can become so complex that if we can just simplify it down to a model that we can go back to and follow, then uh, then we can eat more easily find our way. If we get off course, we can, we can reset. And leads, listings, and leverage really identify the three things in the language of real estate that apply to any business across any different vertical. Yeah. So if we take it down to the first L um, and you want to you want to be able to do a certain number of, of transactions this year, we can take your calculations, take your conversion rates, and we can go back to how many leads yes. you need to be able to convert that number of business. But there's more to it. So what do you, what, what do you think of? Yeah, so so when we when we think about leads, this is the conversation that we always come back to. And then, you know, once people start rolling their eyes cuz we talk about leads again, now we need to talk about it some more. And and then once everybody's almost got it, then we need to talk about it some more. Mm-hmm. And the reason is is that in any business, especially a sales business like real estate, there's just nothing else that matters if this one thing is is not in a place of abundance. And so we can't take our eyes off the price that that lead generation opportunity creation is the hill that we die on over and over and over again, whether you're a solo producer or you have a large organization or a large team, as soon as lead flow stops, your business starts declining. Yeah. So when we're talking about leads and lead generation or opportunity creation, uh, the first hurdle that we have to get over is the mindset of the conversation you're about to have. That's right. The first thing that can cause somebody to uh, f- fail in real estate or fail in a moment in real estate is when they can't keep their mindset correct. And one of the ways that I see myself or other people uh, kind of miss with this is that we forget that the client, the person on the other end of the phone, they have a different life situation, they have different motivations than we do and all the rest. And so if we take and we we put on uh, on them kind of a mirrored mindset. We might feel like at the moment, like, man, it's almost Christmas. Like, I don't want to buy or sell a house because maybe I don't, but I can't put that on them. And so the very first obstacle that we have to figure out is what is the mindset that we choose 
to have when it goes to lead generation. And a really simple mindset that I've learned uh, over the years is that they are, uh, they are happy and they need my help and they want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Just those three simple things. Yep. When I pick up the phone, I'm talking to somebody. My expectation is that person's happy. They want to hear from me and I can help them. Yeah. So for me, the mindset that I used to get around lead generation and making some of those those phone calls that maybe I was uncomfortable with was that the person on the other end of that phone, if they're ready to transact in real estate, they owe it to have a great agent. Yes. To help them. And guess what? I happen to be a great agent. So the only hurdle between them having a great agent is me making that phone call and I owe it to them to make that phone call. Absolutely. And, and so whether we feel like it or not, we choose those mindsets. And, and here's one of the really powerful things is that that mindset actually lines up with reality because what will happen is, is you will start to feel like there's a lot of evidence to the contrary. You pick up the phone, you talk to somebody and they are not happy and they don't want your help and they are not excited to talk to you. That person is also not in a place where they are ready, willing, and able to transact in real estate in this moment. Because when you talk to somebody who has gone through the emotional processing with their spouse or whomever else to say like, you know what? I think we want to sell our house. I think we want to buy a house. When you call them, they show up in that mindset that you've already predetermined is how they're they're going to show up, right? Everybody who doesn't show up that way, like the vast majority of them, uh, your timing's off, right? Like mm-hmm. you're pulling a cake out of the oven and you stick the, you know, you stick the knife in there and it's, there's still batter. So you got to put that thing back. Yeah. You also might've just called them and their mom might've died, right? Like oh, yeah. now you're calling about, to, about selling a house or needing a realtor and like your timing could just be so drastically wrong sure. that you get the, get the really angry person Yeah, and you got to learn to not take offense to that, which is really hard for a lot of people, especially somebody like me. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't love to jump into the disc, but I'm a high eye. So rejection is a hard one sure. for me. Yeah. Uh, and so getting over that rejection of like, Hey, now it's just not the right time. Yeah. I just sure. need to find the right time. Yeah. So now it goes back to that. I owe it to myself to check in with them again and check in with them again until such time is is right. Yeah, so one of the things that we teach inside of our organization is that as professionals, we need to process uh, information as opposed to react to it. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is, you know, some of the earliest learning lessons that we have teach us how to react to pain. So we burn our hand on the stove and we learn to react. Well, so now we, we fast forward and it's, you know, it's now 35, 40 years later when, when we get rejection or we get something like that, if we recoil and we react and we start making that our adult pattern or we continue that into our adult pattern, that's going to cost us a lot of opportunity. It's going to cost us relationships and kind of everything else too. And so what we want to do instead is when we have that experience that then challenges our good, healthy mindset is we want to stop and we want to respond and say, okay, what did I just experience? Did I just experience that person hating me and personally wanting to like, you know, tell me I'm just a horrible human being? Or did I experience somebody on a really bad day? Mm. Did I experience somebody who uh, just had a death in the family or a significant event, right? When you stop and you process the pain of rejection when it comes to lead generation, you will find that the rejection really has nothing to do with you. Yeah. So what I hear is when you stop 
reacting like children and start yeah. reacting, <laughs> reacting like professionals. Is that, is that a good way of summarizing that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and it's, it's amazing because when you experience other professionals um, and you're having a bad day mm-hmm. or you watch them, you know, have somebody else having a bad day, the way that they handle those situations is not reactionary. That I've seen some react, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you will see somebody choose a response. And a lot of times their response has been, they've done that response so many times that, that a new, better way of keeping their mindset is now uh, an easier path. Let's talk about uh, quantity of leads. What do we, what do we look for? And, and I think a lot of uh, quantity and the need to be able to meet your goals depends on the type of lead generation you're doing, right? Conversion mm-hmm. rates are different depending on the type of lead generation that you do. Yeah. So, so depending on where you're at in your real estate career and how large your organization is, or if you're a solo producer, um, the, the amount of quantity that you need is, is different and it's relative. But the reason that we put quantity in here is that that there is, there is a fundamental need, especially when the market constructor gets hard, to find the motivated. And you don't find the motivated because you have uh, out-tricked everybody else and you actually know where the one motivated person is every day so you don't have to talk to a lot of people. Finding the motivated is all about moving more and more dirt. Right, so we're we're gold mining, and we're looking for gold. And sometimes it's really easy to find gold, and other times it's really really hard. So when it's hard, all of a sudden we have a scarcity of leads in comparison to the effort we're putting in. So we actually have to lever up the effort, or or whatever is you know we might have time uh, to leverage, right? Which would be us doing more lead generation, or we might have money, which means you know going out and doing more marketing and things like that. But Ultimately, when we approach lead generation, we have to square with our mindset. And then the second thing that we have to square with is lead generation is a quantity issue. Regardless of how big your organization is, if you don't have enough leads, if you don't have enough at-bats, you're not going to hit the runs that you need. Yeah. I love the gold, uh, the gold mining analogy because you could be a single agent out there with a uh, five gallon bucket digging and panning for gold yourself, or you could be a large organization with 50 agents and you're out there with a, with a, a, you know, heavy equipment and all this stuff. And like, it's really dependent on what your goals are and what needs to be done to be able to meet those goals at the level you have to, to, to do the activity. That's right. Yeah. So, so a solo agent listening to this, you don't have to move as much dirt as, as, mm-hmm. as our company does. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's okay. What you have to square away with is you probably have to move more dirt now than you did a year ago. Yeah. And you absolutely have to move more dirt if you're, if you don't have ready, willing, and able people uh, ready to do business with you. Yep. So when we're talking about, uh, leads here we we need to exchange value with those people right right yeah so one of the big uh, places where agents get hung up when it comes to lead generation is that they they don't realize that we are always exchanging value with other people and as a real estate professional you are you are in this really unique situation where you should be connected into your community connected into what's happening in different locations what's going on with the housing market of course but housing is a really unique um, industry because a house is not the extent of what we touch mm-hmm. the reason that somebody goes out and they buy a house is that the physical structure hopefully meets their family's needs. Mm -hmm. But they also buy it in a specific location, 
right? So why do they do that? Because it's close to parks and restaurants and the airport if they travel for work and the list goes on and on and on. And so, so in our industry, we help people put a pin in their entire life. That gives us access to dozens and dozens of dozens of other ways to provide value to people. So when we're picking up the phone to talk about real estate, we can talk about the new restaurant, we can talk about their heating system, we can talk about their lawn care, we can talk about, you know, the play that's happening downtown and I have tickets, you want to go? Like there is just so much because their house is just this this pinpoint in their entire lifestyle that we actually have access to be able to help them, uh, you know, just live better and better and better. Right. It's an incredible opportunity to reach out, to talk to somebody, to add value. And of course, they know you're a real estate agent. And so now that's an opportunity to reciprocate in the value exchange. Yeah. So when I when I think about um, the lifestyle that we that we get to help people with their house, it, it really goes along with our mission of building wealth and wholeness with everyone yeah. we serve. Like when we find the right fit for a house, for a client in the right area that's close to work, it's, their kids go to the school they want to. They're by the parks. They get to go skiing because that's what they like to do in the winter. Like wholeness, right? We are selling them wholeness yes. as well as building wealth, right? What is it? Mm-hmm. Sixty-six times more uh, net worth for somebody that owns a home versus somebody that that doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah. like fulfilling our mission of building wealth and wholeness is really encompassing in that aspect. Yeah, well, I just think about the house that we bought, um, our agent who works on our team, he helped us find it. And when Rebecca and I, we went through the process of figuring out what do we really need out of our next house? And for us, it's a base camp. It's somewhere we can we can launch into adventures from and everything. And, and we bought a house right on a trail system, on a river, central to everything, right? So we can bike or walk or scoot or, you know. And so our house is just this centerpiece of how our lifestyle is now playing out. So how do we get there? Because we worked with a great professional who said, hey, these are three houses that you should take a look at. One of the houses is actually just like it's across it's across the river from us we can see it from from our house right so so that agent looked and thought about what your needs were right and were able to analyze and find you the right situation yeah and if we're using value exchange during our lead generation when it comes time for us to do our consultation Mm -hmm. if it's with somebody we've already had conversation with we have this idea of what the rhythms of their life are and what's valuable to them and that's that just adds to our value Let's move to the next step of this growth plan within real estate, right? We've we've talked a lot about leads. Yep. Uh, now we're going to talk about listings, yes. and listings being a, a you know kind of a pivotal point. And I've heard it said like leads, listing leads, right? Like is yes. is the next step. So. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when you you think of listings as far as the growth plan? Yeah, so when I think of listings, so listings really show up in three three different buckets, right? One is uh, real estate listings, like I you know I come and, and we agree that I'm going to sell your house for you, right? So then that's great because that's inventory. We also have listing or enlisting buyers mm-hmm. to work with us. And so now we're having a conversation so where you say, hey, I trust you. You're going to be the person that's going to help me Sherpa this market. Yep. And then uh, for large organizations, we have talent listings, yep. right? Like we, we decided to get into business together. And what, what I think when I think about listings, the first thing that I think about is I think about um, uh, the conversations of the moment, mm-hmm. right? So, so 
in any market at any time, there are more and less effective things to talk about. Yep. And what I what I ultimately need to be able to do is first and foremost is I need if I'm having a conversation with you as a lead, I need to be ha- be able to have a conversation that's relevant due to your situation, but also due to the market dynamics that cause you to realize, wait a second, this person knows what they're talking about, and they're talking about something that I care about in a way that that they're going to be able to help me move forward. And so the first thing is that in real estate, real estate is so dynamic that if you get stuck with, I've learned my skill set, well, you're going to be in a rough spot. Yeah. So when we're talking about these conversations, something that you need to be actively doing is plugging into groups of people like we fortunately have a large organization that we're able to uh hear this day to day and Mm -hmm. and have a real good pulse because we have a lot of agents giving us data right if you're not on a large organization plugging into groups of people that are having these masterminding with agents so that you can start to to feel what's happening in real time and adjust your conversations so that you can maximize you know the the times you get in front of people i think that's great uh you know so if somebody's going to be really great at staying on top of the market of the moment, they're not going to be a lone ranger. They're not going to be yeah. isolated. They're going to have a coach. They're going to have a mastermind group. They're going to be in the conversation with other agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who who aren't, um, they get left behind, and, and they may even perform really well. But be, but compared to what they could be performing mm-hmm. at, it's just it's really hard when all the data you're getting is the data that you're getting because it's such a small sample size, and it's so prone to your emotions, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, uh, I can look back on times in my career where um, the who that I had around me, the people that I had around me affected my skill level so much just because we would get together and you know, I'll say this is like we'd get together and have whiskey on a Thursday because somebody had a terrible transaction and then for the next two hours, the whiskey to cope turned into like this mastermind that was just pure gold that affected the next three, six months of my career. Oh yeah. Right. Well, and it's amazing because you sit down, you're there with four or five people and, you know, two or three have kind of like, you know, they're letting their mindset go and the market's kicking their butt. And all of a sudden somebody just says, Hey, like, are we really talking about this? Like, what are we going to do? And everybody snaps out of it and realizes, wait a second, like, no, let's figure out where we're going to go, what we're going to do. So the market of the moment, yeah. Knowing how to ask for business is a really big portion of the listing. So uh, what's what do you approach this with? Yeah, so one of the, I think, the cheats uh, when it comes to listing properties or listing buyers or listing talent is that regardless of how skilled you are, if you pull back before you choose to ask for business, you're going to let a lot of business go. And this is where I see a lot of younger, maybe unseasoned agents, they, they start allowing, again, going back to the, to the lead generation, so their mindset to go, mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to be a pushy salesperson. Okay, don't. Right. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Don't be a pushy salesperson. A pushy salesperson is either a very specific behavioral style of person, or it's somebody without proper skill sets that doesn't know how to uh, ask the right questions throughout a conversation. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a conversation with somebody, so so this person's been a lead and now I have an opportunity to list their house. If I'm going to sit down with them, I need to be able to uh, ask questions that are conversations of the moment. 
I need to be able to ask questions and have a consultation that has to do with them and their, their situation. But through that whole process, I need how to learn how to ask trial closes, to be able to ask where they're at, if the information's making sense, and ultimately, uh, can I earn their business? Will they work with me? And early in my career, I had some really good consultations that I didn't do any of those things on. And I actually got to the end of the conversation and the, the answer was like, well, like, yeah, we'll think about, it. we'll give you a call. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy about it because I had a good conversation with them and not many of them actually called me back. And it was because the whole time I missed things and missed objections and missed just questions I needed to be answering because I was scared to flat out just ask them for business in the appropriate way all the way through the conversation. Yeah, I, I I hear of people. Here's my thoughts on this. Like, if you go to a CM or to a um, you know, listing presentation, and at the end of it, you don't ask for business. First off, you failed. Yeah. But if you're not approaching the buy side, working with a buyer the same way, like how I think the majority of the people listen to this would go to the listing presentation and ask for the business at least right. at the end of this, right? But you better get comfortable with asking for the business at, at the end of the buyer console with what we've got going on in, in, in the industry now yes. and just get comfortable with that. And, and quite frankly, the clients expect it. Yeah, that's right. Like, you know, when's the last time that you decided to take an hour out of your day to go meet with a random person about something you don't care about? Right. People don't do that, right? If somebody calls you and says, hey, I really want to talk to you about, you know, land in Yakima uh, up in the mountains, right? Mm-hmm. So for you, that might be like, hey, tell me more yeah. because you you hunt over there. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, I don't have any connections over there. Like, no, I'm not going to take uh, a few minutes. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter yeah. what what area of your life it is. If somebody wants to talk to you about that and take your time, you're typically only sitting down if you do already have an interest. So as a real estate professional, you are selling one of the most expensive things that anybody ever buys, which means it is so highly unlikely that you are going to talk somebody into something. The only reason they're meeting with you is that they want to move forward and do business. It's yours to lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this goes to uh, showing houses as well, right? Mm -hmm. Early in your career, you walk through houses, you show them to the clients, they have questions, you answer them, and then you end up showing tons of homes before they write the right. offer. Later in your career, you learn to ask if this is the, the house that they want to write up because as the expert, they're leaning on you a lot of times mm-hmm. to know that they need to write this house up. Yeah. Yeah. Your, I mean, your job is to help them move through their emotions mm-hmm. and stay in clarity, right? A real estate agent who does a great job is, is a leader. Mm-hmm. And they are leading your, their clients, not to where the agent wants the clients to go, but you've already done a consultation and you've sat down with them and you've, got, you've done a needs analysis. And now they're saying, you're our guy, you're our gal, because we believe that you will help us achieve our goal. That's it. That's why you're meeting with them. So at the end of that consultation, they're going to sign with you because you're the guy, you're the gal to do that. Right. And now through the process, you're going to demonstrate that, which is helping them stay in clarity, helping them move past their fear to be able to get ultimately what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's what we do when it comes to listings. Mm-hmm. Right. Of, of any type is is I'm going to I'm going to, to master the conversations of the moment. I'm going to make sure I know those. I'm going to make sure I know how to ask for business. And the third thing is I'm going to do that early and often. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the skill set to do it early and often, reach out to us. We have scripts. We have the ability to help you 
role play through some of that because your ability to have the proper um, types of of closing uh, options for them through the conversation it's uh, it's a key to your success. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, this was you know as always awesome. This was a, a great episode, and stay tuned for part two next week where we complete the real estate triangle. <laughs>